Welcome, heathens and witches, to the Horn and Cauldron podcast. podcast. Yeah, I'm John Norgrove. This is Julie Norgrove. Uh, this is our witchy podcast. Is the Horn and Cauldron podcast? Um, welcome. Yeah, welcome. In. Uh, I don't know. I'm speaking enough German to finish that. I, I don't In either. my mind, I was at going, all, I started there. I was going for like a Dracula accent, but then oh. I was like, I don't know why I'm going for Just, a Dracula accent. We're not talking about literally anything. Dracula related. related. They both start with a D. <laughs> they uh, both start with a D, and poor, they both have two A's in them. Poor transition. We're talking about the Dagda today. Yeah. Uh, so this is a Dagda deep dive. Um, the triple D. The Yeah. Double the piranhas, double the Ds. You know how this works. And if you don't know that reference, that was probably insane. But I'm not going to explain it to you. Figure it the fuck out yourself. Uh, yeah. So if you're watching this on YouTube, don't forget to like this video, comment below, share, subscribe, ring the bell, and do all that kind of stuff. If you are checking us out on the podcast podcast network of your choice, leave us a review. That's how we know that you listen, because there's no other way the system is broken. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, we'll just get right into it, huh? Yeah, we'll just, yeah. We'll just get we'll just started. Just jump right in. Whomst? Is the Dagda. So uh, the Dagda, which can also be pronounced Dida, uh, mm-hmm. sort of depends on what your preference is there. And uh, while we're talking about pronunciations, this is the drinking game for our five listeners, um, where we basically say in every episode, if we pronounce something wrong, we are sorry. We tried our best. Yep. Please let us know the correct way to pronounce it. Yeah. Um, so we don't know. Because we don't know. We speak English. And I'm from California. So. I spend hours every podcast trying to figure out how to pronounce some of these dumb words. And it's just, it's not easy. Uh, <laughs> it's not easy. It's not easy yeah. being green. They're okay. just, they're just, it's, yeah. Well, and we don't speak the language. It's just, it's one of those things where it's like, we're never going to learn it. I, I yeah. wouldn't mind learning the language, it's um, but yeah. it takes a lot of time and I just uh, don't have that time. No, um, so. And pronunciation guides on the internet are few, far in between and like not disagree even, with each other. Yeah. Disagree with each other or just don't exist yeah, yeah. for certain words. So that's yeah. extra fun. Anyways, the Dagda um, is uh, an Irish God and he is the God of abundance, generosity, agriculture, weather, the seasons, fertility, magic, music, strength, masculinity, mm-hmm. protection, mm-hmm. hospitality, wisdom, life, death, time, and the sun. He is also a patron god of the Druids, and uh, some consider him to have been the first Druid, although kind of depends on how you look at that and what kind of um, fables and stories and myths you're looking at. But the Dagda is also king of the Tuatha which is the fairy people, Uh, and they eventually become the Sigi, um, which is um, also fairy people. They kind of live underground in uh, mounds. So fairy mounds, fairy circles, that sort of thing. Uh, But the Dagda, he's not just a god. He's a king and he's a chieftain. He's a druid. Um, He's one of those leaders that leads from the thick of it. He's not a leader that is like up on high. Yeah, he's not like sitting in a throne just like sending men to war. He's like at the front lines Mm -hmm. kicking ass and taking names with him. Yeah. Yeah. And what's interesting is his name um, means the good god. Or the great god. The word Dagda um, broken down and taken into ancient, tiny language um, means the good god or the great god. Mm. Uh, And in particular, there's um, quite a few things that you can call him as far as like epithets and titles. And um, the best one is this quote, which is just riddled with Irish words. Um, And again, I am sorry. (laughs) Uh, So... 
according to a translation of some of these uh, Irish myths uh, back from 1927, he says um, Do you during. Want me to read this? Oh yeah, you, you want ahead. me to read this for yeah, you? Go ahead. Okay, because there is a, there is a bunch of this. Um, I don't speak Irish, so he also has never read this quote literally before right now. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't look at these notes before uh, before we do the podcast. So uh, he's quoted as saying, um, "I am Ed uh, Ed Abed of S. Ruid." That is the Dagda of Wizardry, the, uh, the Dagda of Wizardry of the Tuatha De Danann, and the and the Ruid. Oh boy, Ruid Rothessa. Ruid Rothessa, and I, I put the. I know, but that's worse because you're not using the system in place for it's this. It's phonetic. Yeah, uh, the Yoi Oler. Yochi Oler. Sure. Yeah, that could be yeah. how you pronounce that. Are my three names. Those are my three names. Yeah. This is from Virgin 1927. Uh, yeah, and that basically um, translates to Dagda. It means good God, like we've already talked about. And um, Ruad Rufesa, um means uh, the red or mighty one of great knowledge. And Yochid uh, Olahar means horseman, great father or horseman, father of all. So um, he's got kind of a lot happening there. So basically it's like, he's the big guy. He's kind of like the all father, but not, not in the same way that Odin is considered the yeah, all father. It's not, it's not a relationship of like Odin and Dagda, but it's like how like, it's like Dagda, Odin, Zeus, um, you know, they're like, they're like the top guys with all this stuff. You know what I mean? Well, they're kind of like the top of their pantheon yeah but even pantheon the irish dance. um even the irish pantheon doesn't quite it, it doesn't quite fit into the same things uh like puzzle pieces do like for the norse and the uh greek pantheon and even the egyptian I pantheon mean, let's be perfectly honest here it doesn't the norse and greek and egyptian pantheon do not fit together smoothly either it's not like this no. is the dad and this is the mom and here's seven kids and then everybody lived happily ever after it's like a clusterfuck Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. You know, <coughs> or for yeah. Zeus fucking a bunch of clusters. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so guy. the Dagda was also called man of the peaks. Uh, and part of this one is interesting because um, peaks really in this case means horns. Um, so um, in some old, old, old art, he is shown as having horns horns so it is possible that he was originally sort of a zoomorphic god who had horns growing out of his uh head um and it is uh, some of them are like deer's horns and some of them are like goat's horns but definitely at, in some things there were horns yeah. and that kind of also ties him a little bit more into some of the like Celtish Gaulish side of things where it's the the horned god Kerenunos um, and, and that sort of thing so he's got a lot of ties to a lot of different gods we're going to talk a little more about that as we kind of go through this because yeah. he's been compared to a lot of different gods but yeah. really the Dagda he is his own dude yeah, totally. totally. Um, I, I've generally, yeah. if I've seen the Dagda with horns, it, it would be with antlers. Yeah, because they're like antlers, you know, like like deer's antlers. Yeah, uh, I don't know that I've seen them with like goat horns before. Not yeah. not that I've seen like every fucking Dagda photo or something. That's not what I'm claiming here. <laughs> I just like when I think of the Dagda, I think of like <laughs> like a big fat green green guy with like antlers. You know, Ooh. very like green man adjacent, but like a redhead. I not mean, like, I can uh, see not like where with you would green think skin, yeah. but like 
robed in plant material. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Um, so he is oh, nice segue. Uh, he's often described as a giant. So he's either an actual giant or just like a really tall he's just and like a big, big. He's just like a big dude. motherfucker. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he's always bearded. He generally wears a hooded cloak. As far as hair color, he's any really any color you can kind of see. He's got white hair. If he's like an older Dagda, he sometimes has red hair. See, so he sometimes has black or dark brown hair. Yeah. Very rarely is he shown having uh, blonde hair. Uh, but that is certainly a possibility as well, because why not? <laughs> but yeah, he wears... He, yeah, Marvel yeah. gets their hands on him, they're going to make him a blonde. They already did. Uh, um, so did he typically does wear a hooded cloak. I know that sounds a lot like Odin, and a lot of some of the things we're talking about with him sound a lot like, like Odin. Like a bunch of people wore hooded cloaks but, back then. Yeah, that was pretty common then. Stood outfit. Um, and he... So... Time for another drinking game um, item. So this is where I talk about the Christianization of Europe. So five listeners, you know what to do. Um, so during the Christianization of Europe, we've talked about this at, at length in a lot of different podcast episodes. And what we basically know is that between the like, 8th and 11th century is when a lot of these myths and things like that started popping up some places later, some places earlier. And the Christianization of Europe did this thing to, um, to the mythologies and to the stories told about certain pantheons within the area that Christianity, Christianology, Christianity was taking over where right. they kind of Christian washed them or they made them seem a lot less cool to people who were Christians. And yeah. that's something that we see a lot of in very specifically Irish folklore. So the Dagda also wore a tunic and pants as he would during that particular time frame. Yeah. He was not, um, he was He's not, not a, like a naked man in a cape. No, he's, well, sometimes he he's portrayed something. as a naked man in a cape, actually. Oh. But um, he more commonly dressed like regular people. Um, you know, so he was less like, I'm such a god wearing this shiny, bright armor, uh, and it's all clean, and, like, all my people are dressed in, like, you know, rags. He was kind of like the dude that was there with them. Mm -hmm. So, comically, and we, and we think that this really comes from that Christianization of Europe and trying to dissuade people from practicing and believing in the old ways, um, he was often described as wearing a tunic that was so short that it would barely cover his butt. Uh, and... Yeah. That's like a weird dig. Like, oh man, I read this thing about the Dagda. You know, this dude is so short, his tunic. You can see his butt a little bit. And it's like, okay, I don't know. I don't know what that has to do with anything, but I think maybe the Dagda just had a sweet ass and people were like, maybe that tunic get a little bit shorter. How you doing, buddy? Let me tell you what, I really want some like pinup Dagda art. Yeah, like, just I like really sexy want Dagda art. Um, but not only was it so short that it would barely cover it's his butt, but weird burn. It was oh, so Christians. short that he would just be like dragging his huge penis on the ground as he walked. Yeah, again, just this, I, this isn't a burn. Ground. I think this is just one dude's dream well, or one chick's dream. And they were just like, yeah, look how bad the Dagda is. And she it was just like, it wouldn't that's have been, what it wouldn't you have got been a chick. from them? It would not have been a chick. Yeah, Women whatever. I don't know. Whoever. To be you weren't allowed to have dreams back then. about sweet Dagda um, ass. No, only for he us was, boys. These parts of him were generally <laughs> like... Uh, associated with stories that made him seem like a like a buffoon, like a bumbling oaf, like oh. he was brutish and oafish and dumb, um, and he wasn't doing these things because it was like that, okay. like silly, you know, yeah, or yeah. anything like that. Yeah, they tried to turn him into like a clown man. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. So dragging his huge 
penis along the ground and he's I don't, a giant. I, 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 I just, I'm sorry, the correlation between this guy's a, a clown buffoon and look at his sweet ass hanging out in his huge dong does not directly correlate in my mind, but hell, I, don't, I mean, it was a weird time back then. Yeah, yeah, it, it definitely <laughs> was. Definitely it's so was. dumb. Oh my god, what this a stupid is one thing the, to burn somebody on. This is one of on. the like, weirder ways. Silly that, Christians, that, that aren't for kids. <laughs> that the syncretism kind of like yeah. happened there. Crazy. So the Dagda also had some like magical items, which are super dope. Okay. Um, he had the, I'm just going to have you pronounce these words because we're going to play that fun are. game. We are right here. Oh. Yeah, so you get to do this Oh, those, these ones. Okay, so he had a, it's, it's like Lorgmore. Or Lorg Anfed? Yeah, which is a magical staff or a club or a mace. Uh, the word in old in old Irish um, language actually basically means the same thing. Yeah. Um, and this magical staff or club or its mace, it, can, it would kill nine men at a time. Yeah. And one side of it gave life and the other side of it gave death as Man. he chose. Really suck if you messed up which direction he was holding in his hands. Yeah, he's like, oh, which way is left? He's just like, let me heal you with this mace. And they're like, ah, I'm gonna <laughs> trust the doctor? Man. <laughs> when I think of when I think of that, I think of like that moment when you're in the car and like you're with trying to give directions mm -hmm. and somebody's like, where do I, like, do I turn left here? And you're like, right, no, wait, ah. And, and you like forget how left and right works. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that's pretty dope. So the other, the next item that he had, uh, he had, don't highlight those. That, that makes okay. them dark. So they're unreasonable. Uh, Korensik. Yeah. Which is a cauldron that was never emptied. Uh, it would either refill immediately or yeah. refill overnight, depending on what stories you were listening to. And when we're talking about a cauldron, we're talking about a big boy cauldron. Yeah. Um, because remember the Dagda is a big boy, yeah. a nice booty. Um, so he's got to keep those he's cakes gone. nice and thick. Um, now the ladle of this cauldron also is pretty important because it's talked about several times and it's ladle was so big that a man and a woman could lie side by side inside of the ladle. Mm. Very large soup spoons. Yeah. Yeah. And the next item. Uh, that's Gwethne uh, or Dower de Blow. Yeah, which is an oak harp and that controls the seasons and um, emotions and uh, only makes sounds when the Dagda wants it to. And there is a race of people called the Formorians who found out the wrong way because they stole his harp and then he murdered them all. Uh, basically. I guess, I guess that's finding uh, out. They didn't really find out anything except for when you steal this harp. Like a dude with a mace that both brings and ends life is coming for your shit. Yeah, he's coming for you. Yeah. Just uh, dragon he... dong just <laughs> through the fucking forest, right? They're just like, what is that scraping noise? No! And then you just hear the cakes like... He's bashing people to death. Cakes are flapping in the breeze. I'm already in love with this Dagda. What's up? Yeah. Fucking yeah. favorite Irish god, Dagda. Yeah. So he also had two pigs... Uh, and one was always growing, uh, and the other one was always roasting. So he never ran out of food, not even just in the cauldron. So he's always got a pig on the roast and a pig in the In my mind, it's a pig cage. just on fire, screaming, like, why? Why did I have to be the roasting one? <laughs> no, Why no, couldn't they... I have been the growing one? And the growing one's just like, all of my joints hurt. This is the worst. <laughs> He also had an orchard of ever laden fruit trees. So fruit trees that never were without yeah. like immense Not amounts fruit. of fruit. Yeah. yeah. And then lastly, kind of uh, it, it doesn't say, but I'm imagining that apples is probably one of them. 
um, whatever fruits they would have had. Um, like, locally. like, yeah, like locally and like originally. That's I, I'm not entirely sure what mm. fruits they would have had, but apples would certainly have been one of them. Perhaps pears. Um, so, and then lastly, he had a black female cow who could make all of the other cows when she made a special cow moo. Um, she would make all the other cows in Ireland graze or not graze, depending on what she said. Mm. Yeah. You have the wrong word there. I know. Uh, okay. I was I just that like, now. that's not what that says. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, <laughs> I would just change that so we don't forget. I, I will. Um, but uh, yeah. Okay. That's. Yeah. That's so awesome. he had a bunch of really cool magical items. Magic animals. Yeah. Uh, as far as family goes, he had some siblings. So he had uh, a brother named Nuada, who was the god of hunting and fishing, and Ogma, which was the god of speech, language, and poetry. Uh, but sometimes um, he is only shown as having a brother named Ogma, and sometimes he is kind of all three of those again. The um, Irish in particular were very into, like, triple deity gods. So it is very possible, um, much like Brigid and some of the other gods from the um, Irish pantheon, that it was one god that had three aspects and they all made up this one dude. Yeah. Uh, and they sort of like congealed into one over time. He had um, really only a couple of consorts. Like he would get freaky with the ladies, like like the peasant mortals. Obviously. Obviously. Yeah. Nothing like Zeus, um, though. Uh, <laughs> oh, he was like a respectable human. Good. That's nice. Good for him. Uh, more or less. Because Zeus not not so respectable. Yeah, guy. more or less. So um, his, his wife was the Morrigan, who is the goddess of war and death, among other things. And uh, their marriage and union allowed him to win a very important battle. So mm -hmm. it's a, a really um, a really long and very cool um tale of the Dagda. And uh, he was also the lover of Bolan, who is the goddess of rivers, like a very specific river named after her. Um, and she sometimes is identified as being part of Brigid or being Brigid's mother. Um, so that's a fun one. Um, and uh, for children, he had uh, Angus, who's the god of youth and love, Brigid, who's the goddess of healing and blacksmithing. If you want to learn more about Brigid, we talk about her quite a bit in our Imbolc episode. Um, and uh, Bubdberg, who is the god of poetry and wisdom. Kermite and Aid, god of fire. And Midir, god of lakes and cunning. Um, he had other children as well, but most of those were kind of more like demigods yeah. than like worshipable, worshipable gods. Um, but it's important to note here that... A lot of these gods that I've just named and like what it is that they say that they're for don't quite correspond directly to other pantheons in that they don't really have the same focus quantities or qualities that is that other pantheons have like Aphrodite being the goddess of love and, you know, Hera being the goddess of marriage and Ares is the goddess of war or the god of war, like, like that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. um, and even those gods we know from previous episodes, they don't really have just one thing that they do. They're sort of a catch all of a lot of things. But in the Irish pantheon, we really see a lot of that rounding out mm -hmm. where you don't have, you know, all of these different gods that do very small and specific things. You have a couple of gods and they do a lot of things, uh, but they do them all well, which is yeah. a really interesting thing to take note of with this particular pantheon. Um, and 
part of the trouble with this is that, and, and the reason why that is, is because a lot of characters in Irish mythology um, weren't written down. We don't really have like ancient written accounts for them. It isn't until the Christianization of Europe happens that yeah. we have these stories about who these people are and what the stories are. So, you know, it's like the telephone game. So in one town, yeah, what, you have this one Christian story. Showed up, how, how telephone game did it, like, you know, did these people become? Yeah, well, also, like, you would have this one story told a certain way in one town, and literally the next town over, same story, different points within it so there's a lot of that happening and we see that too in norse mythology uh, as well and also a little bit with greek but really it's probably the most problematic in irish because there's just nothing that's written down and they didn't really have ancient travelers that came to write this stuff down so a lot of this information didn't come out until centuries after the the area had been christianized so we find that a lot of these stories kind of have to be compared to popular irish saints Um, but many figures in irish mythology were syncretized from being gods into being kings or into being shape-shifting wizards as is the case of the twahad danan um or even fallen angels so that it would be okay for these people to worship these deities these deities kind well, of i don't know about worship of? but it's okay for them to talk about it still yeah it's like oh i was praying to this guy and you're like no no no, you don't understand that was just an evil shape-shifting wizard you heard about those guys you'd be afraid of those guys <laughs> really who you were worshiping this guy yeah you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so uh, really very little survives of the worship and practice of um, the deities of Ireland and especially the Dagda, considering the most information that you look up for him has to do with one very specific myth um, or, t- or story about him. Um, it, although it is long and very detailed, it's just one story. And so little survives of his worship, we kind of don't really know um what people would do so we're kind of basing a lot of the stuff on conjecture and on what people um feel when they are working with or worshiping the dagda um and you know we know that like lou and brigid were worshipped um but we just don't really know much about the dagda which means that we don't really know if he first of all was even worshipped he may have been feared because we know that he becomes the king of the Tuatha and who are basically mm-hmm. the fairies. And the fairies have to go underground um, after their, you know, after a while and the way that battles worked out. So maybe he wasn't worshipped and maybe he was feared. But at the same time, we know that he was revered and loved by people because he was the great god. Yeah. He was thought of as large and like this, this larger than life, beautiful man who was kind and um, who was, you know, gave abundance to the land. So there's a lot of really super conflicting information and we just don't know. So if in your individual practice working with the Dagda, a lot of this information doesn't resonate for you, then that could be why is that this isn't necessarily the way that you as a person are meant to worship the Dagda. And that really goes for a lot of other deities that we talk about as well. But I think that that is especially important to know here. Yeah, well, we don't have, like, A1 sources on this, Mm-mm. you know? It's no. Just dry states. This ended up being very difficult to find yeah. information of yeah. on. Um, but the Doctor's got a few really cool um, stories. And in particular, 
um, I've found in looking at these, the Dagda was very cunning, um, like almost Loki-like in the way that he would take advantage of a situation and like find the loopholes and the ways out in a very outside the box way, like the way that Kirk did the Kobayashi Maru thing in the Star Trek movie. And people are like, but you can't do it that way. And he's like, well, I did. So yeah. what are you going to do? Nothing. <laughs> so in one tale in particular, and I chose this one, not necessarily because it's my favorite, because it's the one that I thought was the most interesting, but also was the least, had the least amount of information out there. So in one tale, there's this greedy poet named Kreidenbell. Yeah, Kreidenbell. Kreidenbell um, is the Dagda's guest. And the poet, when he sees that the Dagda's cauldron refills every night, is like, he's got more food than me. So as the Dagda's guest, he asks the Dagda for the three choicest bites of the Dagda's meal in order to supplement his own meal. (laughs) He used the word choice. Choicest. The three best bits. The the best bites of (laughs) Dagda's meal. Now the three bites end up being basically a third of the Dagda's meal. Because remember Giant Ladle? Yeah. Um, (laughs) Which starves the Dagda and causes actually the Dagda's health to suffer. So the Dagda has to figure something out, but he has to comply. And he can't comply in a snarky way because of the rules and the laws of hospitality. Yeah. Uh, Because the Dagda is a hospitable god. Um, And especially... In the bef- in the in the old times, like there were laws about hospitality. That Game of Thrones thing about the salt, like that's no joke. That's a thing that was that like happened. Yeah. Um, then so the Dagda puts three gold coins in his bowl, and he saves those for Crydenbell since they would be the most valuable, the best bites of his meal. The greedy poet sees the gold and is greedy, so he wants it. But he has said that he wants to eat this food, so he eats the gold coins. And then he chokes on them. And then he dies. I mean... And thus, the Dagda is released from the request of the greedy poet without besmirching his own honor or breaking the laws of hospitality. Yeah. That's hilarious. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That is very Loki-esque. I get. I understand. It is. It is. It is. So... uh, (laughs) <laughs> There's a bunch of other uh, really interesting information as far as like myths go for the Dagda. Most of what you're going to find is his is the story of the battle against the Fomorians and the Firbolg, um, which is the longest. It talks about his marriage to the Morgan. It talks about how his harp like murderizes people. Um, well, it doesn't technically do it, but it helps. The Beauty and the Beast <laughs> style, like he gets woken up with a curse. <laughs> but also no. 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 I'd watch that movie. So. I would absolutely watch this as a movie. This would be great. I would watch that movie. Um, (laughs) So feast days and how to worship the Dagda. So there are really sort of two dates that we can discern from, from tradition evidence that would be associated with the Dagda. And the first one would be uh, basically Samhain or the Feast of the Marigna which is the time that the Dagda and the Morgan united in marriage. So that is from October 28th to November 3rd. So a couple of days before Samhain, a couple of days after. The Irish, the way that they did their, um, the way that they did most of their, their festivals and their worship things, they'd had the day and then they would party three days before that day and three days after that day. Yeah. I mean, I, I think we can confidently say at this point in time that everybody had parties that lasted more than a day. Uh, and like, yeah. 
modern garbage work culture is the reason why we only have one day. Yeah. Right? Yeah, that's why I celebrate birthday week. What's up? Put that out there. Uh. So <laughs> during the Feast of the Marigna, um, there would be sacrifices and feasts and ancestor veneration. We talked a lot about Samhain practices in our Samhain episode, um, but not specifically about the Morrigan, but you can kind of get a general idea from what kind of things would be happening there. But this would have been primarily a festival about the Morrigan and other goddesses of war and death. So Dagda observances here during this time would be limited to sexual marriage or love-based type of rites. Yeah, yeah. Um, or perhaps... Um, perhaps all three. Perhaps all three. <laughs> um, all of those can be together. It's okay, guys. Yeah. Uh, so the Dagda's main festival would have been, ironically, similar to the time that we would be celebrating Odin. Um, so that would be the winter solstice, the, the feast of the Dagda. This day um, is chosen because of the Dagda's association with the New Grange Temple. Uh, and the Newgrange Temple has an alignment with the sunrise and the winter solstice. We've talked in our Imbolc episode last year about passage tombs. They're basically like like underground mound buildings uh, that have a entryway that aligns very specifically with the sunrise or the sunset on very specific days of the year. And the Temple in Newgrange is one of these passage tombs and has... And, and is associated with the Dagda and its special alignment day is the winter solstice. And one of the myths about the Dagda is that he knocked a girl up and then caused the sun to stand still for nine months. Um, and the thing about the solstice is one of the reasons why solstices are called solstices is because the sun looks like it's rising in the same place. Um, and that's not something that happens during the rest of the year. So it seems like it's standing still, not that it's standing still in the sky, but it's set and uh, it's rise and set are standing still. And people in the old times didn't have TV or the internet. So they paid a lot of attention to stuff like this. Um, so Feast of the Dagda, winter solstice. Uh, and to celebrate him, um, you would have feasts. He's a big boy. We gotta, we gotta keep those cake cakes plump. Plump cakes. (laughs) Plump cakes. He clearly likes stew of some sort. My guess would be pork stew. He likes porridge a lot. So, um, feasts, especially if you're sharing food with others. So potlucks would be great around this time, uh, as well as, um, you know, holding a, a public feast or, you know, something like that. And, um, the, for the feasts, it's highly recommended that if you're celebrating the Dagda or honoring the Dagda in any sort of way, whether you're having a big feast or just sort of like a feast for you and maybe your family, that you include porridge. Uh, porridge is, in many accounts of the Dagda's stories, his favorite food. Uh, very specifically, a savory porridge, of which we don't have information for what exactly is in it, but yeah. there's milk. Well, like what the base grain is. Well, it. no, we know. It's it's oats. Um, so it's like an oat porridge with milk oh. and with lard and with uh, pork. So it's like a savory but creamy porridge. That's the Dagda's favorite food. Mm. Um, but any kind of porridge really will work. I imagine that if you like a food, you like all versions of that food mostly, so, um, at least for him. Sure, so sure. Um, have some porridge for yeah. the Dagda. In fact, one of our spells talks about porridge. Uh, so um, having music, especially harp music, is something that would be especially auspicious for him. Telling stories or poems or that sort of thing. Um, the Dagda also loves learning things as being the god of wisdom. 
He likes to continue to learn things. So doing something, um, you know, maybe reading a book about something you enjoy yeah. would be doing a good something way. educational. Yeah, doing something educational, um, but not necessarily mm, school book class learning. But that's not excluded either. Yeah. Uh, and then lastly, volunteering to help the less fortunate. The Dagda is hospitable in such a way that he really gives a lot of himself to people who are needy. Uh, and that's something that is important to him, the laws of hospitality and taking care of his people, um, whether that's his, his, um, you know, his people that he's ruling over or whether that's sort of all of the people he wants to make sure that people are taken care of. Yeah. Um, so volunteering in a soup kitchen or something like that would also be a pretty, um, pretty powerful devotional act to the Dagda. Yeah. Nice. All right. Cool. Yeah. So next we've got some spells which are written by us and they have no um, traditional um, connection to Irish um, Irish practices. Yeah. Just stuff we made up. So the first one, as we've been doing in these deep dives, is an invocation to the Dagda. And since I've been having you read stuff, I'm going to have you read this one because why not? I'm not making fun of you yet, but I can. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> yet. Uh, okay. Dagda, mighty one of great knowledge, I call upon you. Grant me wisdom so that I may know all that I need. Bless me with abundance so that I might never go hungry. Show me how to live generously so that I can teach others the way. And then you like provide an offering or like do ritual work or like meditate or whatever. You read could even book. do the spell we're about ready to tell you after this. Read a book. Uh... <laughs> And then end with Dagda, great father of all, the good God, I thank you. Yeah. So that's a pretty simple invocation to the Dagda. Yeah. Um, it kind of hits a lot of his core tenets there. And um, next, and this is something that you can do in the middle of that invocation if you wish, or You'd you like can do have the invocation this... through the spell, outro the invocation. Yeah. Or like you... do something else. Yeah, exactly. Um, you can do this next spell um, as like part of that. You can do this as part of a ritual for something else. You can do this. I, really, it's simple enough that you can kind of do this as a daily devotional practice if you really wanted to. So this is like a little fun kitchen, simple kitchen witchy sort of spell. So this is a porridge abundance spell. And what you'll need is the porridge of your choice. Whatever you want. Oat, rice, nut flour, however you want to do. I don't know what porridge is, but I think that's just called peanut butter. No, honey. <laughs> no, it's not. I think, I think <laughs> peanut butter is just nut flour porridge. Think about it. I'm not wrong. You are wrong. You not? That's not peanut not, butter. Not wrong. What's peanut butter? Oil. Flourized nuts. But you also need like a liquid to make a porridge. Yeah. That's the oil. No, like a water or like milk. You make milk peanut butter. I'm not stopping you. It's called peanut butter fudge. That's, oh my gosh. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, so you're going to get a porridge of your choice. It doesn't matter what it is, whatever you want to <laughs> eat, whatever your dietary restrictions cause you to eat. Um, you're going to want a sweetener such as honey or maple syrup. Um, and then you're going to want a little bit of salt and some fruit of your choice. So in separate bowls or containers, put a pinch of salt and some fruit that's been cut into bite-sized pieces. Or if it's already bite-sized pieces, you don't need to cut it more, like blackberries or whatever. Yeah. Uh, and then make your porridge according to the directions and your personal preference. So however you want to do that, you do that. Now, before you eat the porridge, put it in the bowl. 
sprinkle the salt on top of the porridge and say, may friends and family always find hospitality in my home. Next, you'll scatter the fruit on the porridge and you'll say, may our bowls never be empty. And next, you'll drizzle the honey or the maple syrup on the porridge and you'll say, may we always attract health and happiness. Uh, now, while you eat, meditate on abundance or working with the Dagda or just kind of like zone out and eat. There's really no reason that you can't just zone out and enjoy your meal. <laughs> um, <clears throat> when you're almost done, you're going to want to save the last three bites for the Dagda. And when you've done that, you'll say, oh, great Dagda, bless me with abundance, joy, and make sure I always have a place to call home. Yeah. And, and that's it. Put those, put those three bites on your altar. Yeah. Leave them as an offering. Food offerings. Leave your little plate out for a little while. That's what I did because I was too lazy to put it onto the offering plate and then clean the offering plate and then wash the offering plate because I had just washed the offering plate. So I just left the plate that I ate breakfast in on my yeah, altar for a little do. while. Yeah. Very, it was nice. Nice and simple little kitchen witchery stuff. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And what it the nice thing about this is it really allows you to be able to take like a kitchen witch spell and just sort of mold it to whatever you have around. Like you don't like apples, fine, use blackberries. You don't like apples or blackberries, okay, use bananas or something. Like it doesn't yeah. matter. You know, if you don't have honey or maple syrup, sprinkle sugar instead. Uh, you know, obviously really the kind of yeah. only thing that doesn't if, work with that is a savory porridge. If but. you don't <laughs> eat sweeteners, then do something. Like it's all about the like logical correlative symbolism of the request and the ingredient step. Yep, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So that's been most of the information about the Dagda. Oh, so okay. yeah, we've just been chugging right along. Is a is a quick one. Yeah, I am surprised. It's a real quick one. Yeah. So um, next we have correspondences, a.k.a. me reading a list of things. Yep. <laughs> list of stuff here. Lists of stuff. So to recap, the Dagda is the god in the, is the god of abundance and weather, agriculture, the seasons, fertility. He's the god of magic and music and strength. Uh, he's the god of protection, hospitality, wisdom, life and death and time. He's also the god of the sun patron god of the druids and king of the Tuathid Danon or the fey folk. Uh, animals associated with him would be cows or horses or pigs. And his colors would be red or green. As far as stones go, um, anything that's basically red or green or white, uh, but also um, red jasper, yellow jasper, moss agate, garnet. Uh, and for plants, um, oak and acorn, cedar, chamomile, hawthorn, juniper, and orange. Uh, other deities that are similar to him, uh, most of which we've talked about, are Karanunus, Odin, Thor, Hades, um, Osiris also has some uh, pieces there. Uh, and for food, he's a pretty simple dude. So beer and biscuits and butter, porridge, oats, whiskey. Um, or and also any homegrown food because he's a god of um, agriculture and abundance. I like the way this guy eats. I'm with him. Simple, simple stuff. Yeah. Simple stuff. Uh, and then other things that he's associated with would, of course, be cauldrons and harps and maces or staffs. Um, he's also um, very attuned to earth and fire elements. Of course, anything related to the fae he would be attracted to, um, as well as music. 
Yeah, so that's the that's the deep dive on go. the that is Dagda. A quick deep dive on the Dagda. Um Yeah, there was a lot there was a lot going on in there, but we got through it pretty quick like uh obviously, you know, there's there's always more to learn, so if, if you know, if you would like some more information on that, I uh, highly recommend books and research. Read a book. Read a book in honor of the Dagda whilst studying the Dagda. Yeah, and we'll probably uh, talk a little step. bit more about him um, as time goes on because I was recommended some some books that sounded very, very good yeah. that talk about him. Yeah, yeah. Well, and also, you know, like he'll come up anytime we do like a fae based episode, what with him being the king thereof and therein. Yeah, and um, we will eventually do a uh, family tree for the Chuaha de Danon. Mm -hmm. I don't know exactly when that's going to happen, but it will happen eventually. That'll actually honestly be a pretty quick family tree compared to most of these other pantheons, but yeah, it'll be very interesting. <laughs> it'll be very interesting. I only know like a very, very small amount of the Chuaha de Danon, and yeah. a lot of it is like, like, f-level research you know it's mm -hmm. like it's like an author who got really into this stuff when he visited ireland and he included it in a story of his and then in like the 10 page prologue of his fantasy story he's just like look at all this information that i found ah yeah like, the, <laughs> like that kind of stuff yeah um <laughs> you know or like a tv series or like you know like a science channel history channel kind of thing yeah about uh, the Trois Hadadanen. But yeah, so uh, that was uh, the Dive to Deep Dive. Um, let's do a shout out to our patrons, uh, Alan, Miranda, Helena, and Alexa. Thank you guys. You're awesome. If you would also like to be awesome, you can join our Patreon. We have a Patreon. Um, yep. And you can support more uh, fun, witchy content like this. Um, if you sign up for the Horn and Cauldron podcast here of our uh, Patreon, you get access to our discord um where we can chit chat about you know anything and everything as well as um you get uh book of shadows pages that's right yeah we're, we're a little I'm behind a little on little those behind but those. it has been a it is. busy busy it is busy a very busy time season. and those are not easy to do let me tell you what um yeah so we're a little behind but you know that's fine they're still they're easier. still coming out like i'm still doing the research on all of them <laughs> Some some are like, oh, this is simple. And then some you're like, oh, oh, we're just talking about like concepts. How do I make a picture of a concept? Wow, what am I going to do? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Well, and it was easier to do them in the summertime when it was like warm outside. And we're like, all we want to do is be in the house and not move because it's hot and humid where yeah. we live. But now in the wintertime, um, it's very nice outside. And uh, so we also do like weird yard work. And stuff. Yeah, we also have to do like weird yard work because we have like a an old house on a bunch of land and um, that requires you to do work, do winter a lot and of summer, weird but... work in the winter yeah, time. Yeah. 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 Good time for chainsaw. Yeah. <laughs> night digging and chainsaw. You know what I'm talking about? You know, being a creepy <laughs> landowner, we just yeah. digging a hole in the middle of the night. You know what? It wouldn't be trying to fix something. I'll tell you what, man, I've had to cut down a tree with an ax in a rainstorm. So yeah, it wouldn't be <laughs> Shit like a here. full winter season without you using some sort of power tool to cut trees outside. The first yeah. year we lived in this place, on you stuff. had to use what was a sawzall to cut down a little tree that was like that had that like was just broken a hand, in the storm. That was just a hand saw. It was a hand saw. Yeah, I thought we because we didn't have an extension cord. And oh, I, I only have a plug-in sawzall. Yeah. I don't have a battery operated one yet for reasons I don't know. Our, our extension cord probably was a 
long enough. Yeah, no. So I had to just yeah. ha- cut down a tree with a handsaw by hand. And during a storm. Like, during a storm, because it had, like, leaned over and was leaning against the house, and it was just, like... like into a window. Yeah, so it was like, all yeah. right, well, I'll just cut this down, like, pouring rain. It was almost dark, too. Yeah, yeah, it that was, was a fun one. That was a fun yeah, one. Yeah, we had just come home. Chasing chickens through the woods because it escaped in the wintertime. And then we ended up eating it anyway. It's good times. Good, good times yeah. had by all. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, so coming up next... <laughs> Uh, we've got our first pub chat. Woo! Uh, woo. Spirit hands. Where, um, yeah. So on our, the off Mondays, we are going to start doing um, pub chats. So that's going to be a new series within the podcast. So these aren't going to follow the same numbers um, as like the full episodes. The full episodes are like like specific about a thing. What with it'll be in the name and such. Um, and these pub chats are just going to be like whatever, like weird pop culture or like modern heathenry thing or, or witchy like questions thing. from listeners. Or yeah, if we have questions from listeners that have built up. We can like jump on those or just kind of whatever. They're going to be a little bit more short form, a little bit more free form. Um, but yeah, they're still going to come out yeah. uh, every other week. And they're yep. just going to be on the off weeks from the regular podcast. And uh, those should be fun. Yeah, we're pretty excited to be going to a every week type of thing. Yeah, we're going to be on every year. week format. Long, short, long, short, yeah. just like that. Yeah, so after the first pub chat, which will be next week, uh, if you're listening to this when this comes out, um, the next full or mega length? The next I would just say full length. Yeah, the next full length episode will be on about the 17th. Uh, so it'll be in two weeks. And that one's going to be Spellcrafting 102. Uh, and we're going to be talking about book shadows and grimoires. Yeah. And how what they are and how to make them and what the heck to do with them. Yeah, yeah. What's, what are you doing? Why are you doing it? How are you doing it? And uh, all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah, so that's gonna be that's gonna be super exciting. But uh, I have been John Norgrove. This has been Julian Norgrove. Mm-hmm. This has been the Horn and Cauldron podcast, podcast. And we will catch you guys on the flip side. Stay magical, folks. Yeah, and don't forget, breathe in self confidence, breathe out self doubt. You remembered it this time. I sure did. Yeah. Mm-hmm.